0: Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Robbie and Pastor Jeff talking about the sermon from August 8th, 2021.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Faith Church podcast. I am Robbie, one of the pastors here at Faith, and with me this time is another pastor here at Faith, the incomparable Mr. Jeff (laughs) Hey, good morning, Robbie, and hello, everyone else. Jeff, you had a rather unique experience outside of your official job description, for sure. But this last weekend, uh, you had a bit of an adventure. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? It
0: was such a wonderful weekend, and adventure is the word. So Kristoff, our youth minister here, had planned a weekend camping outing for the youth. And I heard about this outing and I said, Christoph, I would love to go with, could I come with, could I be part of it? Could I get to know the kids better and minister to them with you? And he said, yeah. So I joined in and uh, we left Friday right after VBS, which also was amazing last week. That was such a fun, I'm missing that this morning, by the way, it's quiet in the building. It is eerily quiet (laughs) uh, in the building. I loved the activity and all the joy that was here. Uh, With all the kids running around and and the noise. But yeah, so we arrived at our campsite Friday afternoon after VBS to torrential rain, hail, and a radar that was like so gloomy and doomy. Some might
1: consider that less than ideal camping weather.
0: It was. It definitely was. And um, so we're sitting there uh, by really in the campsite in our vehicles, air conditioners running, trying to keep mosquitoes out. And eventually it became very obvious as the storm continued to develop. It's one of those ones where you couldn't see it on the radar. It just popped up and then it kept popping and growing and growing and growing. And uh, we got to watch God provide for us every step of the way he was going to provide, even if it had been good weather. This just was a lot more obvious. So <laughs> right. before we had left, someone had slipped Christoph an address for a backup plan. We ended up going to this address and uh, letting them know ahead of time, obviously, and stayed in Oshkosh um, on Lake Winnebago and uh, had a fantastic weekend. We planned then Saturday morning to go to the campsite, but we woke up to more and more storms. It stormed for like... 12 hours straight, at least. That's crazy. It was a light show, lightning and uh, rain. And so we ended up not camping outside, but on carpet. And uh, <laughs> it was wonderful. It was not what anyone would have dreamed of Friday morning. But as we mm-hmm. came home Sunday and I was debriefing in the van with um, some some guys. It was such a fruitful and uh, great weekend. I love that. I love that. And
1: what a gift. There are not too many people that would say, sure, just bring a dozen
0: or more young teenagers. They can all stay in my house. Yeah. At the last uh, minute, unplanned. Mike and Mary, if you are hearing this, thank you <laughs> for really being God's gift to us this weekend for your graciousness. and hosting a rambunctious group right like we're not like quiet contemplatives sitting in robes and corners no. it's just, like loud running around um and when it's raining no, outside really? that means that's that's you're unusual stuck inside. because
1: I, my understanding <laughs> is that junior high boys are are famously very responsible and great decision makers
0: and and quiet all the time yes isn't that? they left their cassocks at home though so they were just in regular clothes, and that made them crazy, oh, right? All right? Normally, that's what they'd be wearing. No, no, but it was it was so much fun. And uh, one of the highlights for me was getting to be one of the judges in a Lego creation competition that the teams had to band together and do. And awesome. Watching that all unfold was wonderful. It was like the Lego Masters TV show. Um, beautiful, wonderful creation. So great. Also, I love that you managed to
1: work a monk joke in the yeah. thing there. I don't know if you listeners picked up on that, but... That was a monk joke, sorry uh, about that, you can, you can rewind and see if
0: you can catch it, or you can just keep going George <laughs> <just, laughs> so,
1: so um,
0: I heard that you guys had a bit of adventure too. I mean some weather came we to this did. area we
1: did it was it was definitely a gift to us also to be able to move inside for service this weekend. uh it was an unusual service in a lot of ways, but um yeah it was a it was great to be able to. To look at the weather and, and make the call and then feel very affirmed when right after the email goes out within five minutes, torrential rain starts starts pounding go. So, um, yeah, we were
0: we were all dry and comfortable inside as well. Which is wonderful. And it's so sweet when it's kind of like simultaneously we're experiencing God working in ways that we're like, yep, we weren't expecting that, but he knew. And uh, I was watching the radar down in Oshkosh as I woke up Sunday morning thinking, we're going to need to move that inside today. <laughs> so it was a good, it was a very wise call. I cool. loved, so I, I listened to it on podcasts. So for those of you who, listen, who weren't able to be here on Sunday or online, if you listen to the recorded sermon, you will um, get a good feel for what it was like. But I, I found myself feeling like, I wish I had been here in person to get to sing the songs and to hear the call to worship after it was explained um, so intentionally. It was a beautiful thing mm-hmm. that, as you unpacked, it was Psalm 33, and uh, oh. just unpacked what 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 is our worship and why do we worship the way we do. I, I just loved um, what I heard. It encouraged my soul, and I, I was bummed that I missed it. So I'm encouraged by that. Yeah, one of the points that really struck me. That you you kind of drew out a number of ways, but it was just that at faith church our faith church family is a diverse group. We it really is don't come from we're not all Baptists, we're not all Catholics. You know we're, we we not all come from a Lutheran background. We come from a lot of different backgrounds as we come together to worship Jesus. And I wondered, Robbie, if you could maybe just expand on that a little bit or reemphasize why. Why is knowing that we're a diverse group so important when it comes to thinking about how we worship? On oh a man, that's a great way to ask that
1: question. Um, because it's so easy for me to assume that my experience is everyone's experience. Right. So what is familiar to me, what is comfortable to me, are I just assume that's what's comfortable to everyone else, and it's really easy to take for granted that the person sitting next to me. Likely had a very different experience than I did, either in a different church or not in church at all. And so, those things that that I cling to, um, which might be fine, they might actually be really great and biblical things, but that might not be what what the person next to me is is familiar with. And so, we have this unique perspective from the pulpit of looking out and seeing all these faces. And every Sunday morning, I'm looking out and and I can see this family that grew up Catholic and this family that came to us from a Lutheran church and this family that came to us from an assemblies of God church and this family that came to us from the Methodist church. And it's, it is just such a wide range of traditions and backgrounds. So we want to acknowledge what is good and beautiful in each of those backgrounds and incorporate those things. And so um, at any given moment on a Sunday morning, if there's an aspect that you go, well, this feels weird and uncomfortable to me, it feels very warm and life-giving to someone else, because someone else, it is resonating with their tradition and their experience and their background. And and it might be uncomfortable for me because I'm not used to that. But we we want to be able to feel like home to everyone. And that doesn't mean making, you know, worship a mishmash, you know, collage of of just everything that everybody likes. But it is acknowledging that. Um that there is such a wide a wide range. We're a very diverse family. and and so we want to we don't want to take anything for granted. and we want to take every opportunity we can each week to teach what we're doing and why we're doing it, um, explain why we're singing a particular song, walk people through that because, um, again, for every person that it's familiar to, there's five people that it's
0: not and it's and it's new. And so we want to take everyone with us which is such a huge point. I think you can probably hear that in our sermons too, that we we try to do that as we talk about, like, for example, we had that Lord's Prayer series. Well, depending on the way that you grew up experiencing the Lord's Prayer and corporate worship would really change how you would hear that. So we really tried to, to the best of our ability, address the different angles. And you also, in the sermon on Sunday, made a point of reminding us there are people among us every week, thank God, who have no experience yes with this kind of worship at all that yes. singing in a group is kind of an odd experience and we I, it was just a good reminder for me as well to remember that that every week there are people where this is totally unfamiliar and that we're standing next to people who, who might not have experienced this before to me the diversity robbie it, it's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek thing but it's true and real the diversity of and and the reality that each one of us doesn't say, here's the five songs I want to be sung on Sunday each week. We don't do it yeah. that way. The benefit of that being not the way we do it is that we get reminded every week that it's not about us. That's right. And, you know, it's uncomfortable, but that's true. It's not right. about us. Right. That was one of the things I took from your sermon too, was that worship isn't about me. Oh, praise God. that I'm, <laughs> I'm so thankful that that was a takeaway because that uh,
1: we need that daily reminder that this is not about me and and particularly on a Sunday morning. If we can if if we can prepare our hearts on our way to the corporate worship gathering in such a way that we are walking in knowing I'm here to love God and love others, that will radically transform our entire worship experience. When when we walk in thinking I need this, I need this, I hope there's this it's it sets our worship experience on a certain trajectory, and it sets us up to leave with our expectations unmet and so a sense of disappointment, right instead of coming and understanding this is this is about God's glory and loving one another, encouraging one another. If I walk in here thinking, I'm here to love God and love others, then when I hear an unfamiliar song, it it's an opportunity to love God in an, in a new and fresh way. And I can be encouraged by, oh man, I wonder who this is blessing like crazy this morning. Like who is, who is hearing this song and it is a, it is a familiar, like a warm blanket of, of comfort or, or who really needs this song this morning? Probably me, but I bet somebody else needs it even more. And, and it, and it helps just completely reshape my attitude toward the
0: experience. And that's formative for a whole week. Oh, it sure it's not because like, it's not like we leave the, the corporate worship time and our liturgy and then move into the world where the world revolves around us. I mean, the more, the more that I try to make the world revolve around me, the more frustrating my life is. Right. Because it doesn't revolve around me.
1: <laughs> it does. Oh my goodness. Try as I might, Jeff, I give it my best <laughs> effort to make it revolve around me, but it does not work as I hope. That's such a, that's such a great point that, that it serves as a reminder of how we're functioning throughout, or how we should be in Christ, functioning throughout the rest of the week. Yes, right. It's not just this thing we do on Sunday. That is, that is the the safe environment where, where ideally and by God's grace, I'm in a room where everyone else has the same motivation of, I want to practice loving God and loving others, so that I can do that tomorrow and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday. And then because that is a tiring endeavor, especially when I'm trying to do it under my own strength, then it wraps around to Sunday morning again. I go, oh man, I, I get to be with my brothers and sisters and be reminded of how to love God and love others to like
0: that that is fueling my worship throughout the rest of the week. That that makes me think of one of the main points that you made too, is that each Sunday our desire is to rehearse, to unpack, to proclaim, to sit in the gospel narrative, mm. right? The good news of Jesus, his kingdom. And you walked through that and then it was so helpful. That made me think about different styles of songs. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some that might are, maybe are more slow contemplative songs and some that are maybe more upbeat. I wondered if you want to maybe say some words about that. Like, how does that relate to, the style of song relating to the gospel narrative that we're trying to together remind each other of and worship Jesus through each week.
1: That's a good question I, because
0: Martin Luther is not
1: the only one who has strong opinions about music. By the way, right? that we quote, have, <laughs> isn't that's a fantastic <laughs> quote from oh grumpy Marty. Oh my word. It's so great it, because it starts out so awesome and then just instantly takes such a dramatically dark, dark turn of any, and anyone who disagrees is the worst. Yeah. If you don't think
0: music is beautiful and a gift from God,
1: you might not be human.
0: Yes. Um, Woo. The, okay. So we might not
1: necessarily feel that way, but we have strong feelings about this is the kind of music I prefer. Or this is the style of music. This is the tempo of music. This is, this is, and, and a lot of, so much of that has to do with, um, how we grew up, where we grew up, the context we grew up, and then a, and then a heavy dose of personal preference. Um, which again should not be the thing that guides the, our decisions of how we worship God. That needs to be rooted in Scripture. It needs to be rooted in in, in the right, uh, in scripturally based biblical traditions, and 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 that's why ultimately we make those decisions. But um, it's okay to to have favorite songs, right? That's that's great. I mean, to, especially if there's if the words are speaking to my soul in a in a really particular and beautiful way. That's awesome. Um, it's I would argue it's not quite as awesome if it's just because that one gets my hands clapping. Yeah. Like clap your hands in church by all means. That's great. I mean, we're, we've got a lot of Baptists who are very uncomfortable by the idea of clapping in church. So I'm not, I am not anti clapping. <laughs> um, and, and, and big and, and even raucous celebratory songs are a good thing. Um, but tempo is not what encourages our souls and and keeps us rooted in christ throughout the week it's it's those words of truth and and that melody is what burrows it into our mind and and -hmm. ultimately into our soul and so we want to have a variety of music because um we need to give words to all of the aspects of our life we need to give words biblical words to our joy but we also need to give biblical words to our grief and our sorrow and our confession and our pain And our addiction and our need and all of those things, those are all very real parts of life. And and I want us to have biblical words to apply to those things as well. Um, And so we want to have a variety and those things don't go well with an upbeat tempo. No, right. That that like sometimes, when you're really hurting, the last thing in the world you need is an upbeat tempo. Mm-hmm. Um, that almost feels more painful. So a, so a, a song that that quietly addresses that your pain is real and that God knows about it and cares and is with you in it and and that his cross is sufficient to deal with that and his love is relentless in the midst of that. like those kind of words. like we need those songs. My soul needs those songs, too. And and if we're walking through the biblical narrative, the the, the gospel meta narrative of of creation and rebellion and redemption and renewal and glory each week, then then that confession piece, acknowledging our sin, acknowledging our need, is a necessary piece in that. And I know that we don't. A lot of people don't love you know a melancholy song and and don't want don't aren't excited waking up on Sunday morning thinking I want to spend some time dwelling on my sin and rebellion. I don't love that either. But if I don't ever do that, then I'm not seeing the gospel for as grand and glorious as it truly is. It is, it is a diminished gospel because I, I am not aware of how deeply I need it. So to take a moment and it's just a moment. it's not, if we, if we spend an entire Sunday morning on that, that would be a bad corporate worship service. Yeah. Um, but to take just a moment and acknowledge I am broken. I need, help and the only one who can help me is jesus and and to ask him for that mercy that he promises us and then and then swing right into the story of redemption and how he has responded to that in that because we spend most of the time talking about how awesome god is how amazing the gospel is and who we get to be because of him like that's where where we spend our time um fixating on, on all of those truths with just the, with just a, a look toward. And I'm so thankful for this because I am a sinner in need of a savior.
0: And again, that's a mirror or like a map for a daily life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if we go yeah. all week and don't think about our brokenness, and take that to God and in, in asking forgiveness and confessing it to him. We're missing out on an important part of our relationship with God. Yes. So again, that's just a moment though. That's not like our whole day. I no. don't spend my whole day in First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But that is a part of my day because daily I rebel. I do. And so I, again, I think it's beautiful to have this picture for this liturgy, right? This work of the people, this worship, that is about that moment in God, but it's also about life yes. and what life can look like. It's a map or a mirror. I don't know what the best word would be, but it forms us for life. It is. It's it's rehearsal yes. in a lot of
1: ways. It's rehearsal for the rest of the week. We practice this thing together as we gather alongside one another, so that we can do it once we've scattered throughout our neighborhoods, our jobs, our schools, throughout the rest of the week. Which is beautiful. I think so. I hope and, and I think one of our one of our roles, one of our privileges is is helping others to see just how beautiful that is and how beautiful Christ is in that. Um and speaking of Christ being beautiful in things, um I would love for you to, to take a couple minutes and unpack a little bit. Um because you've had experience in in a, a different uh, liturgical background. And so I'd love for you to unpack that a little bit and, um, just some of the, the beautiful things that you learned in that, because you've had a, a, a wide range of experience in a wide range of churches. Um, so I'd love for you to touch
0: on that. And then I have uh, kind of a follow-up question. Yeah, that. you bet. I, I would love to talk about this. You know, this is one too, if this, um, if this scratches you where you itch, I would love to have offline conversations with people about it as well. So one of the benefits, so probably most of you remember that before I was a pastor here at faith, I was a missionary to university students in a number of different places and in Canada as well. And part of the beauty of that experience was that it involved being part of a diverse set of different churches along the way, because it wasn't in just one denomination. So I got to worship Jesus with a number of different, um, uh, kinds of churches and uh, one time along the way we found ourselves in a church that Robbie kind of laid out high church versus low church in the sermon high church being one that we would probably say is more formal liturgical and then low church being a little more informal liturgical like every church has a liturgy but a high church has a very set course this is the this is what we're doing in worship and it's usually written down and everyone has it in front of them so Jess and I found ourselves in a church that, Worship Jesus that way, very high church, and uh, at first it was very challenging because that is not my background. I'm, I'm, my background is from more of a low church, informal liturgy. Uh, but I found it to be absolutely transformative for my worship of Jesus. One of the things it did for me was connect me with the past in a way that I hadn't felt connected mm. before. Mm-hmm so connected with followers of jesus throughout the centuries because in this church at least that we were that we were at at the time people knew that we sing this song or we pray this prayer because these people before us did and we continue to worship jesus Hmm. the idea was now it's our turn and our turn didn't mean we just change it all it meant we keep going with what they've been doing throughout the centuries so it really changed that for me Um, I would say that that my experience up until that point had been one more of worship was a very intimate experience, but it wasn't as awe-inspiring. So it was more like my worship experience had been sitting on daddy's lap, which is great. Abba, he's our loving father and he's intimate. But when I found myself in a more formal liturgical setting, it felt like worshiping before the throne of a king. Hmm. And we need both. We need that intimacy before the father. And worship before the throne of a king. Our father is the king. He is. And I remember the first time I really started to get it in the, in that worship experience where I finally felt like... Because at first it felt I felt very self-conscious, which is the opposite of what I wanted in worship. I don't want to be thinking about myself the whole time. But I actually started weeping because I was so moved by realizing and feeling that I was worshiping before a royal king who had all authority and power in the universe. Mm. So that was a great experience for me and it has um, brought, I've brought with that with me here. Like in, in my devotional life, I still, you, you all know by now, I have written prayers that I pray and so on that I feel like have been things I've adapted into my more informal liturgy mm. that I have. I, I love that. And I,
1: what I love about that is you, if you didn't catch that listener, what Jeff just said is that it was the tradition and the formality of the service that engaged your heart on an emotional level and, and, and drew out a, a heavy emotional response. Yes. Because we can, which may be the opposite of of what you would guess of what we would guess. And what, what many people's experience is because we think, well, the more formal it is, the more cold it is. Um, But the reality is that has almost nothing to do with the formality of the service and everything to do with what I'm bringing into that, that it's how I choose to engage in that. And I can be just as cold, just as formal, just as emotionally stunted in a very creative and free low church experience as I can in a formal high church experience, because just like Jesus consistently reminds us it is the heart that we're bringing into that that makes all of the difference. And, um, and the, the person who is leading that can be just as cold and disconnected in either context, uh, again, because it's not the context that, that makes so much of that difference. It's, it's my heart in that. Um, so you mentioned my follow-up question, you kind of teased it a little bit there. Um, you mentioned the, the written prayers, and I know because we have a lot of people from from uh, again the wide range of traditions. To some people, when we when we pray Scripture together, or we have those corporate readings, or or we have a a, a traditional church like historical prayer of the church, um, that's a very comfortable feeling because they're used to that. That's something that they grew up and their church tradition did regularly. For a lot of the people in in our congregation, that's a very uncomfortable experience, and and carry a feeling or we're even taught that those pre-written prayers are not as spiritual because they're not genuine. They don't, don't come from your heart. Um, and so, you know, we a we, the, the pre-written prayer is not as good as a extemporaneous prayer or prayer that you just come up with as you go, um, which on one hand is a little inconsistent because we would not apply the same rule to music, right? We don't make up the song as we go along. We have no problem saying, in fact, many of us prefer the songs that are hundreds of years old, and so we have no problem singing words that somebody else wrote and and finding those to be very intimate and spiritual and meaningful, but for some reason, speaking words that somebody else wrote, we believe, we've convinced ourselves is somehow less spiritual. Um, I would hazard
0: a guess that you would disagree with that, and I'd love <laughs> to hear why. I... I would. That's a good guess. <laughs> I would. <laughs> but I would do so understanding that I found myself in that spot. Yes. Like so that well. is where yeah, me too. What I would have that would have been my gut, you know? Exactly my reflex to that question. But I guess two things. One, my experience was so different than that. Mm. So actually you know, you can dabble in, in the written prayers, and I would say if you just dabble and you have a written prayer that you hear once a year. And you're not familiar with it it might feel that way yeah but if but if you immerse yourself in it in it as a prayer so like the lord's prayer could be that way one that we know in our heart and and many of us could recite it by heart um using trespasses or sins and you know all the different words that we all know um growing up um or we could also recite it from our heart in the thoughts that it conveys and even using other words and i think my experience of praying written prayers is that it it has taught me and I've entered into prayer in a way that I never would have without them. It's like if I only prayed by myself for the rest of my life. I never prayed. I never heard anyone else pray. I only prayed by myself. My prayer life would be greatly stunted than if I got to pray with Robbie and with those of you listening for the rest of my life because I actually learn from you as I hear you pray. Yeah. So in the same way, with a written prayer, I'm learning from those who came before me how to pray. It's expanding the imagination I even bring to what I could pray for. Like I remember the first time I read a prayer, often I'll read the prayer before I pray the prayer because reading and praying are two different things. Mm. Um, and I read through it and then I was praying it and it prayed for people who were going to be working the night shift that night. So mm-hmm. it was like an end-of-the-day <laughs> prayer and it was like, God, be with those who will give watch tonight, who are engaged in working for us. You know, like all the things that people do so that we can go to the grocery store tomorrow and buy the food we need. Someone's up driving that, you know, or packing it or whatever. So that, I never had thought the thought to pray that before, and it greatly enriched my prayer life. Mm. So one quote that has been very helpful for me and that really has stuck with me from another pastor was that there is no such thing as a dead or alive liturgy only dead or alive worshipers. Hmm. There is a such thing as a true or false liturgy. Like we could have false liturgies that don't convey truth about who God is. We're surrounded by false liturgies. All the time, yeah. But liturgy in itself is not dead or alive. It's the heart, it's the person who comes into it who's dead or alive. So you could do that with a very formal high church liturgy. You could do that with a low church informal liturgy or even like, a Quaker gathering where they don't speak hardly at all. There are their liturgy is almost all silence. It's a dead or alive heart that makes the difference yeah. to that worship.
1: That's such a that's such a helpful and necessary reminder that our our goal as the elders of this church is to is to help enliven hearts. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not, you know, oftentimes we can feel like the the church is here to meet felt needs. But so often I'm feeling the wrong needs, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I believe that the wrong means are going to address those needs, and and it's about for us our our goal is to is to remind people of the spiritual realities that are constantly around them, at work in them, and through them, and 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 to behold the beauty of this God that has invited us to worship him invited us into his family invited. I guess just, it is so extraordinary and everything around us oftentimes is literally designed to distract us from that. And we are constantly interacting with devices that are designed to distract us. And, and so we need that reminder. We need the reminder of, of the spiritual realities that are around us. And the fact that these realities have not changed, for millennia, and that we can pray the same thing because we have the same needs as somebody 1,800 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who 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 touched the hem of Jesus' cloak would has yes. the same needs that I do today. And so to 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 pray those words to to share in those things and and unite those with the new and the fresh and the heartfelt and and what's in my heart and my soul right now. Like those things together are I think are just extraordinary. It's why the 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 Israel prayed the Psalms and sang the Psalms for centuries, centuries, because it gave words to their worship and and then that stirs on our our own personal response. Right? So it's it is both the both together and and individual; those things are necessary. They they feed and fuel and energize
0: one another. When the spirit is in the midst of all of it, mm. the Psalms are such a great example, right? Mm. I mean, even Jesus from yeah. the cross; he's crying out to his Father. He's crying out with a Psalm.
1: With a Psalm. He's quoting a Psalm. Is there any moment that you mm-hmm. would think it would be more meaningful or or mm-hmm. to 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 have an extemporaneous or or, or, or you know, creative just off the top of my head prayer. And Jesus on the cross quotes a psalm mm-hmm. because that was the most meaningful, heartfelt thing that he could utter in that moment of desperation and, and need and triumph and all the things that were happening there. It's such a great point, Jeff. That's so good. I church, I hope that you are encouraged by these conversations that they are helpful to you um this is not because we want to sit around and talk into microphones this is because we want to uh to equip you and encourage you and remind you of this Jesus that we have the privilege of following and who invites us to be with him and be like him which is just unbelievable absolutely unbelievable and and yet We get to be a part of that together. So if we can help you in any way, um, please ask. uh, You can always email us at connect at faithpeshtigo.com or call the phone number that I don't remember off the top of my head right now. Um, But you can find it on our website right on the homepage, faithpeshtigo.com. Just scroll all the way to the bottom and you'll see the the phone number right there. We love you and we want to uh, continue to serve you how we can. And in the meantime, grace
0: and peace to you.